buzz Can it swing from a thread Take a look overhead Hey there, there goes the Spider-Man In the chill of night This is episode 257 for October 2013. This episode of the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by Dynamic Forces, and check out their website at dynamicforces.com. Dynamic Forces is the leader in autograph comics and collectibles, and they have autographs from Spider-Man legends and from key people in the comic industry. An example of their cool products is on the Spider-Man Newspaper Strips hardcover. This one collects the Spider-Man Daily and Sunday comic strips that appeared in the newspapers across the country. Now, the hardcover collects the strips from 1977 up to 1980, and Dynamic Forces has the hardcover signed by its author, Stan Lee, and the penciler, John Romita Sr. You can't go wrong with those two. And it comes with the Dynamic Forces Certificate of Authenticity. So check out our new sponsor, DynamicForces.com. Okay, tackling Spider History with JR now. JR, we're going back to October 2004. An infamous Spider-Man comic came out, right? Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes. yes. What perhaps, I mean, along with the Clone Saga, perhaps one of the most controversial stories, of Spider-Man stories of all time. Yeah. And, of course, the Clone Saga was partially controversial just because the thing would never end but uh this one on the other hand uh, had just had good old-fashioned sex at its core and perhaps that was part of the problem but uh anyway i digress uh aren't you supposed to give a rundown on the title and uh, who the I writer who the author are yes amazing spider-man 511 came out this month uh since past part three jm uh straczynski art by mike diodato and this one um has a cover of uh, the words Guess Who, and Spider-Man is taking the white mask off of a character, and it looks very similar to Gwen Stacy. Yes, it did. And this is this uh, story, or this particular cover, when it was released, uh, the cover was released months, obviously, before the, the story was released, and the speculation among Spider-Fandom was rampant over who this could be. Yep. You know, could it be the Gwen clone? Could it be a parallel universe Gwen? Yep. Could it be a future something or other beamed over from some other planet of, I don't know what, you know, Gwen, and uh, just absent people. Were, and, of course, Straczynski pretty well, you know, no, it's not the clone, you know, in his his usual uh <laughs> You know how, how he how he liked to really engage the fans or whatever. No, it's not the clone. Uh, you know, now you know, go back to your basement and grow the hell up and stop breeding or whatever. Uh, yeah, you, you know. Yeah. Wow. You know that that is when you know Straczynski wasn't getting involved with bets with some some guy on a website or whatever because he started he uh, wasn't turning it. He the Spider Man was uh, having some delays in publication and this particular uh, web, <laughs> this particular website host started riding pretty hard and so they made an, they made an infamous bet much to the horror of the uh, the other website host but. Doggone it, the names of all the principals just sort of <laughs> escape me for the moment. Smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, but uh, anyway, speculation was rampant. This was this was one highly anticipated ser- uh, story, and it yep. started I, I, again. It, it frankly, I'm going to you know, uh, I have never. 
I, I've never understood the hate that this story gets. I really have not. Um, not that it was a good story because it completely falls apart in the last two issues. But anyway, I digress. Uh, anyway, the the prelude here is that uh, the Parkers uh, get a mysterious letter in the mail, and it turns out to be a letter in Gwen Stacy's handwriting. <gasps> you know, and she's saying all kinds of vague, nebulous things which don't sound good, and. Uh, then it turns, you know, Mary Jane says, oh, yeah, I've heard about letters getting lost for years. Gee, never thought it happened to us, you know. And Peter says, uh, no, you dumb bitch. Look at the postmark. It says 2000. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it says two- Wait a minute. Do you have the issue in front of you? Because I'm not sure that that's exactly what Peter said. <laughs> uh, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but, uh, anyway, it's postmark 2004. So anyway, but you know, so Peter Peter decides. Strangely enough, he doesn't go back to the bridge. He just he goes to Gwen's grave this time, uh, and he's attacked by uh, a couple of uh, obviously super powered people who try to kill him. And then the story progresses uh, where he has the letter from Gwen uh, taken to uh, a police uh, forensic lab to try to, because he only gets part of the letter. And so they try to, he goes to a police forensic lab to have the images of the the rest of the letter lifted. And at the end of part two, he finds out that uh, Gwen has committed the, you know, if you're, if you're going to say it's a sin, you know, that's debatable. But anyway, you know, uh, has committed the oldest sin in the book. And uh, she's, she was, she's telling Peter that she was pregnant and she had two children. Needless to say, to be continued. Oh, boy, we couldn't wait to see what was going to happen here. Uh, yeah. And then so Peter's, Peter's moping. You know, he's pretty he's pretty uh, unhappy about this. And, and through uh, I, I went back and looked at the other two issues and wasn't quite certain about exactly when he deduced that these were Gwen's children. Maybe it was because I read those through through those two really fast and didn't quite pick it up. But anyway, he now knows there's Gwen. They're Gwen's kids. He's trying to understand how the hell could Gwen have two almost two kids that were almost grown up uh, by this time. And uh so he says, wasn't it, the, uh, like, wasn't it the uh, the goblin uh, goblin splooge? But we don't know it was goblin splooge yet. You know, we don't. <laughs> God, I hate that word. We don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> we we don't we we don't know it was you know little little pink headed goblin splooge spraying around. But anyway, <laughs> you, oh my! I think Brad would prefer the term drippings. Oh, I don't think he would. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Jesus! Anyway, so I just had a visual of, of semen with the goblin hats on, and I'm just like, that's disgusting. This is a problem, They're all laughing. Yeah, you while know, you, you know, you guys, you got your hair. You guys, you know, spend about 15 minutes talking about Jolene Blaylock's ass. You know, and that, and and that's all perfectly fine. And then when we get around to talking about a perfectly normal biological function, I'll bet. <laughs> I'll bet I'll bet somewhat altered to comedic to comedic effect to look like green little green goblins. You know, uh, you guys get you know you get all disgusted. None you of know? that has happened. <laughs> can, you have, can you imagine them going to fertilize the egg? Going, <laughs> they are the whole time. They're, they're all killing one another with like little pumpkin sperm. Yeah, little pumpkin balls. Oh, that's so that's a visual. Oh my god, oh, I'm gonna be sick now. I'm, 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 I need some time. I wish I hadn't <laughs> eaten those French fries. <laughs> 
Me neither. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys need to go look for Jolene Blaylock porn or whatever to calm you down. <laughs> Why okay. are in a Jolene Blaylock kick? You, does anybody know? <laughs> I think he just randomly talked about her. I don't think that part made it into the episode, did it? <laughs> oh, so no one's going to get the joke, so I'm just going to appear to be a rambling old man. Anyway, nothing Is it a day ending and why? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the old man's just rambling about some nonsense again, so what? It's just another, it's another podcast. Anyway... <laughs> Peter says, okay, there's, the, oh, there's only one way that I can find out whether or not, you know, Gwen, you know, whether these are, are the, the demon offspring of my beloved Gwen. Uh, he's got to get a genetic sample from Gwen. There's only one problem. Gwen is six feet under. So. <laughs> has been since the 70s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, in a which actually in a dramatic, rather dramatic scene, uh, he has to insert... Uh, he, anyway, he gets his genetic sample. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. This review is hot. Yeah. This, <laughs> this, 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 is, this is like a penthouse letter, Jr. Uh, I, I come from a small Midwestern town. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, you know, I mean, if I wanted to get a genetic sample, I'd just sit here for a few minutes and, you know, then voila, I'd have one. But uh, oh, oh, God. oh. Jesus, I might have to edit. <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm out. Yeah, this is where we need Zach talking about his 12-inch Scarlet Spider. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> All right, getting, getting back to the topic at hand, Peter gets his genetic sample. From I, I want to figure out, how did he get the sample Did he uh, of Gwen? J.R. trying Gwen. to tell you, Brad. I want to hear this. Go ahead, I forgot. Well, apparently he had some kind of... Is it a comb? I was going to say he stuck a rod in her, but that wouldn't sound very oh, good. Jesus but he did. He had this huge. He, he had this huge <laughs> metal rod. You couldn't quite see what was on the end of it. He had something, but anyway, he jammed I'd it. Say what was on the end of that Jr. business? That's what. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> My lord! He, he jammed it through the ground, through the top. <laughs> oh, the wheels are so off this bus. <laughs> the road hitchhiking at this point. Oh my god! <laughs> this is this is like you know this is almost like that episode that starts off with one re podcast reviewer going to a porn shop, you know, and, 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 and superhero porn and feeling dirty about it the whole time, and some girl tries to flirt with him or something, or or does he try to flirt with the guy? I forget it, but anyway, uh, and then they talk about the the she. But anyway, I uh, I forget oh, that. Oh God! Oh God! Uh, that and, too. So he gets his genetic sample. All right. You have to read. Yeah, you know, kids, go buy it. You know, go buy. It. Hey, I had to buy mine. You go buy yours. You know, JR's finally just like kiss my ass. I'm done. I'm not reviewing this thing. <laughs> it's midnight. Up kiss yours, my up ass, yours, Douglas. <laughs> up yours, Douglas. Up yours, Internet. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to say up, uh, up yours. I'll just bring up. You know, uh, I'll just you know quote Senator. Car what, what's his name? Aiken, Senator Aiken. Hey, is he still oh, a senator, or did you guys finally have the sense to run his ass out? Better watch it. I'm going to get a sample. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 I don't like any of that. No. I don't either. Anyway, anyway, so go ahead. So Spider-Man uh, go, uh, goes to a lab to have the genetic sample tested against, and he matches it against the DNA from the envelope that was sent because he figures, well, you know, they were probably stupid enough to lick it. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, 
And and therefore, <laughs> yes, this is the dirtiest spider history we've ever done. <laughs> and and therefore, he finds out that yes, there is a, a common uh, genetic, genetic characteristics between Gwen and these alleged children. So you know that, and then the girl shows up, Sarah. Of course, we don't quite know what she looks like because they've been they she's been masked the whole time. They get in this big ass fight and then he rips the mask off and oh my god it looks like Gwen Stacy. You know, of course we already knew that. Uh that was going to look like Gwen. Um so so you know Peter freaks out and uh, then Gabriel, you know, the the other son of the other child of Gwen, you know, distracts Spider-Man by blowing up the building and Spidey gets away and and anyway, in the interim, Mary Jane has seen – Peter will not let her read this letter, but, you know, Mary Jane being, you know, a woman who can't mind her own business, you know, like uh, – <laughs> Lay it down, JR. Lay it down. <sighs> what would you, you be past midnight? He just worked blue, man. I know, dude. <laughs> He's like Richard Pryor in wow. his prime. <laughs> Uh, I was about to say, maybe Lenny Bruce or George Carlin's more my speed or whatever, but uh, anyway, um, so anyway, Mary Jane decides, well, you know, his uh, his, his uh, dead girlfriend wrote him a letter, i got to read this, uh, so she she he had the letter webbed up on the ceiling, she goes ahead, and she, you know, gets it down somehow, and uh, Peter comes home, and, and uh, Mary Jane says, I read your dead girlfriend's letter, and... Uh, <laughs> That's and, a conversation and, you don't and, want. And, and Peter's like, they're not mine. I swear they're not mine. You know, Funny. like, uh, oh, Lord, I'm about to say, like, you know, probably, oh, how many other men have said before, you know, like Bill Clinton and, uh, and Kennedy. Sit- Ted Kennedy and all them others. And all the other you can Kennedy. sit every, every uh, weekday on the Maury Povich show. Uh, or, uh, oh, John Edwards, yeah. <laughs> oh, John oh, Edwards, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, it's not mine. It's not mine. It's his other guy's. Oh yeah, it's mine. Uh, yeah, because Peter he paid Peter Parker. You are not the father. Not yeah, twip twip twip. So and Mary Jane says, Ah, you don't have to worry about convincing me, Peter, because I knew back then you couldn't even get it up. So I know they're. Oh, that's not uh, what she says. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what she says. They are. You're just making shit up now. <laughs> Do, hey, do I make shit up during Spider History? Spider, yes. Spider History is sacred. Like, how does Sam, how does Sam Kinison do? And you know, like a like a Christian takes the Bible and it's sacred, you know. And then, well, and then I can go full oh, blown Sam Kinison anyway. Um, and you, I, probably you young people in the audience don't know who Sam Kinison is. And if you don't, well, screw you. You're Sam uh, Kinison, sound like the church lady, Jr. What was that all about? <laughs> But Mary Jane says, "Don't worry, Peter. I I know who the real father of Ben Stacy's children is." To be continued. So now was it in this issue that Peter said him and Gwen never had sex? Is he was the issue? he was about to say that, but, okay. but uh, Mary Jane cut it off. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, but, but no later later uh, yeah he basically says he. Did, he and Gwen never did it, which of course set off another storm of controversy among the the geek, uh, the, the internet uh, few or right. ramblers or whatever. And uh, 
So, but any, but all of our all of our kidding aside, actually, this story was extremely compelling at first. I mean, you know, Spider-Man has always had strong soap opera elements, and this had one of the strongest. <laughs> you bring a letter from the past from a dead girlfriend who, oh my God, she had children from an illicit relationship. I mean, what With is your it? arch enemy? Yeah, well, we don't find we don't know that yet. With we a man who's tried to kill you, we 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 yeah. we don't know we don't know that they were created by little goblets yet, uh, and uh, so <laughs> and uh, but no, it was it was it was it was like who are these kids? Oh my God, they're Gwen's kids! Oh my God, who's the father? You know, and then there, the speculation was rampant who the father was, and the uh, the 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 candidate most likely. I think it came down to two candidates. So I think Miles Warren and Harry Osborne. But you know, you know, everybody said, "Well, God, Harry was hopped up on LSD at the time," and uh, you know. <laughs> And Miles Warren was just a creepy old man. Well, that mean he was shooting blanks, Jr. <laughs> well, it was a creepy old man, all right, but just the wrong creepy old man. But, uh, Here's my question, Jr. I think we've hit this up before. What's your opinion of Norman and Gwen together? Is it just out of left field, or can you see it happening, or what? what I wrote, I wrote a whole article on it. It was the most controversial article I ever essay I ever wrote. It was mm-hmm. called "Deflowering Gwen," right. and uh, I where I speculated that uh, actually it could there very well have happened, and you didn't have to do a whole lot of imagining to come up with it happening. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Straczynski's choi- original choice was to have Peter be the father. And Joe Casada, in one of those moments of he ne- he got it exactly right, said, we can't do that. Um, and, you know, for for one reason, like, I, like I've always said, I mean, so what, okay, you make them Peter's children, but then what do you do with them? You know, I mean, you have adult children, you know, it's not, you know, they're adult children, yeah. you know, it's really creepy. Uh, he can't, be, it's not like they're little and he can feel guilty about never having been a father. I mean, there's just absolutely nowhere to go with it, which apparently, yeah. the, apparently the, de- the decision must have been to, I think they had the retcon uh, or the reboot or the soft reboot already in planning because I think Straczynski said later, I wouldn't have created them if I didn't, if I, if I, didn't realize I wasn't going to be able to get rid of them or something to that effect. Right. Yeah. So, but, but it was, you know, it was in, and, and the thing, the thing with her sleeping with Norman, I mean, honest to God, people acted like no 18 or 19 year old woman had ever slept with a 40 ish year old man before. Like it had never, ever happened, you know, or that, or that a rich man wouldn't have seduced a young girl or, you know, just, I mean, it's like, Mm -hmm. come on people, what world are you living in? Uh, (laughs) But the problem was, it wasn't, it Straczynski, because it was never set up to be Norman to begin with, Straczynski never had the backstory. So of of Norman seducing her, ex- but yeah. Norman didn't seduce her. I really don't believe Norman seduced her. I don't believe Norman had any intention of seducing her. Uh, she just she just gave it up. I mean, how did he? How did he get her in bed? Uh, uh, well, uh, here was here is what one <laughs> fan theorized, which actually part of all right. Apparently, part of it did become. <laughs> inadvertently become Canaan apparently because some some uh, anyway I speculated that because this happened right after uh, Gwen and her father had been kidnapped by the kingpin 
and the and if you remember, this is where we actually saw Winkler of the Winkler device, and uh, he was in like a marital aid. <laughs> he was in cahoots with the kingpin, and they were yeah. they were about to kill Gwen and her father. And you know, Norma happened to be walking by, say, "Hey, wait a minute! There's a light on in the lab. No wonder my goddamn electric bill is so high. I'm going to see what's going on." <laughs> you know, and then he and then you know, he opens the door. and He says, "Jesus Christ! One of my employees is about to violate, you know, some chicken, an old guy. What the hell's happening here?" You know, and then Norman, you know, Norman comes to the rescue. Literally, he's, uh, you know, he jumps on the uh, guy. Yeah, Norman comes to the rescue and uh, saves Gwen and her father. Yeah. And so then I theorized that Gwen came by, you know, to thank Norman personally. <laughs> personally yeah. Now, what what issue is this Norman save? Is this it was the around issue 60. Okay. Yeah. It was around issue okay. 60. And for everybody who was saying, well, she was, you know, she and she and Peter were not a couple at the time. They had only gone out on on one quasi date, you know, to see the nullifier, and they were driven there by Miles Warren. You know, yes, yeah, some date like having your dad drive you to the movies. Yeah. So, and and actually, she was furious at him because she thought that he'd, you know, he'd smacked her father around. Because of course, you know, George Stacy was under control of the kingpin, and uh, you know, and when Peter went over to uh, to Gwen and and. and or whatever the old man decided he was going to be like just about every other crazy old person and to beat this younger person over the head with a cane, you know. And uh, <laughs> you know, and Peter said, "Get away, you crazy old coot!" and slapped him around. And uh, you know, Gwen thought that was absolutely horrible, and she chased him out. So you know, Gwen and yeah. Peter were not an item at the time, even though they'd been making goo goo eyes at each other for months. So anyway, so I theorize she went over to see Norman. Now, if you remember, at this time, Norman was starting to have. Uh, starting to flash back to when he was the Green Goblin, because in issue 40, he had sustained a severe electrical shock, and he forgot he was the Goblin. Uh, right. uh, but things were starting to come back now, and he was having severe headaches, and just a lot, he was going through a lot of trauma. So I theorized that when, when she went to see him, to thank him, you know, instead of seeing, you know, the charism, you know, Norman Osborn, the, you know, the cackling evil madman that we all know and love now, that she saw this, you know, pretty well beaten down, broken, uh, you know, very depressed, you know, guy who is probably fearing for his own mortality now because we do see Norman say, if I die, what will happen to Harry? And I think, you know, probably just, you know, you had two people in the midst of some emotional trauma and it just happened. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it just—I well, just—it just happened like an air like an air supply song. <laughs> like a what? Like, it, like, like I'm all—I'm all, all out of love. I no, you I'm so lost without you. People in the world. One of the the authors of I think the Handbook of the Marvel Universe when that was coming out in. Um, you know, uh, sequential magazines or whatever. When it's right. time to sins past, did lift my idea of her going to see Norman to thank him, and that's when it happened. Oh. And that became that became Canaan uh, or Canon or whatever. So I keep. You know what? If if you're if you the biggest Goblin fan I know is okay with Gwen sleeping with the Goblin, I, I I'm a little bit better with Brad. Of course, too. he's going to be okay with it. That's like that's that that's like the best. Villain to hero fu that you can pull off. It is, that's, and that's better than shooting a sidekick. That hit that hit so close to home. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's it's just one of those things you you know. And then in the next issue, when Peter finds out that Mary Jane has always known, and that 
uh, and that it was Osborne. I mean, this is just another thing that Norman has done to him. You know, well, he's, he's impregnated his his the love of his life until marriage. Ends. Yeah, and he's and he's taken the baby of the, the, that he had with Mary Jane. I mean, those two items, I don't know, is worse than it, uh, taking over your body. Et any what, any conversation between Peter and Norman in a confrontational situation should go. Pete, you know, with Peter saying, "Oh yeah, remember that time I kicked your ass," and then the Goblin saying, "Hey, remember that time I knocked up your chick?" And then yeah. remember that time when I killed her, and then I stole your kid. Well, and if you know, according to the. Uh, to the editorial and whatnot, Norman also went somewhere that Peter never did. <laughs> Very much, yes, indeed. And then here's the problem: with the brand new day, Norman has no clue who Peter Parker is, <laughs> which is absolutely stupid. Absolutely yes. stupid. And and Tom Brevoort, you know, sits there and goes, "Well, it just doesn't make sense for Norman and Peter to know each other's identities." And then you know, blah blah blah. And it's like, "Oh, come on, you're a comic book editor for Christ's sake." <laughs> Tom Brevers does a lot of crazy shit. I, I, you know, that's that's the thing. I mean, the, it, I, I just don't understand these guys. They are so. I, I, I don't think they realize how smug they come across. They treat all the rest of us like a bunch of addled morons, you know. Mm-hmm. And and yet they say incredibly stupid things themselves. Um, anyway, but so. I, the thing is, though, since Straczynski never had a backstory, once you learn that Gwen and Norman slept together, that's that's it. You want to know what happened. You want to know what happened, and you don't want to know why it happened. But that before anything else, well, then the answer never came. Uh, and then the last two parts of the sto- the last two parts of the story just completely fell apart. It, it just you know, like I said, this this had all the. There was, you know, the, the the thing was just loaded with irony. I mean, Peter had been, in my opinion, you know, Peter had kept his secret from Gwen. And look, guess what? She kept a secret from him. Karma's a bitch, ain't it, Pete? You know? Wow. <laughs> wow. Dude. Damn. JR. Well, no, I mean, and, and that's... Well, oh, it's, it's great. It's a good parallel. I agree. Exactly. I mean, and that's what I wrote in my... Uh, I mean, it was just the, the irony that... And he didn't know Gwen as well as he thought he did. I, just right. To me, it was just one of those things like, you know, isn't that... That's Those are the ironies of life. You know, and then it's like, you know, how Mary, you know, it, it was always kind of when it was originally Gwen was the good girl, Mary Jane was the, the quote-unquote bad girl. Well, guess what? It was the other way around. It just, uh, well, not well, that you know, bad I, girl, but it was, you know, who, who, would, who would you think would sleep with Norman Osborn first, if any of them, Mary Jane or Gwen? You know, right. it, everybody would pick Mary Jane. Exactly, you know? exactly. But no, it was Gwen. So, again, there, there, there was a lot of, there was a lot of dramatic potential. Uh, and it just it was completely wasted. I mean, it was it was completely wasted. And then then the awful follow up in spec. Oh, mother of God! One of the that worst, was... one of the absolute worst stories. And and <laughs> even the cover, him kissing yeah. his girlfriend's daughter, like on the cover. Well, and Frenching her. I mean, it wasn't just oh, yes, it was oh a French. God. And Straczynski disowned the covers. You know, yeah. I mean, he said that's. I not didn't the... write slipper the tongue. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, it was speaks. I didn't say give him tongue. You know, he, uh, he we, said that is not in the story. You know, so it, it, and to me that that's another appalling thing too. I mean, what? I think there was a miscommunication with Greg Land. I don't think there was any miscommunication. No, I think it was deliberate pandering. Well, I I, I think he must. Uh, the memos got mixed up or something. He was like, okay, he's he's uh, ta- this. Uh, 
I I think he meant for that to be Gwen on the cover. I think I don't think so. I think he knew exa- think they knew be- exactly what they were doing. They were going. I mean, come on, they, these are the same. Pe- yeah, and these are the same people who have you know the Gwen, uh, the chameleon is Peter Parker and Michelle Gonzalez slipping under the table. You know, and then <laughs> oh oh no, they didn't have sex. They just kissed. Now Jr. right. They 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 get the whole thing with Gwen and Norman and and Norman's you know boy batter. And then the whole whoa, whoa. Then, then the whole thing with kissing the daughter. Yeah, they knew exactly what they were doing. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, there there was no. I mean, it's, it's they, they they you know they 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 perversely appealed to the lowest common denominator, and then they have the audacity to go around and insult their fanboys for you know for you know sometimes going for the lowest common denominator. So, with the exception of Kevin's uh, crawlspace comic, uh, any any potential for these two characters to come back? Yes. I know Gab- Gabriel did come back. Well, Gabriel came back. Really awful awful story. I mean, yeah. For one, it's like what would Harry's reaction have been to the fact that his dad banged Gwen? We didn't see it. We didn't see it at all. We didn't see his reaction, the reaction that he has a brother and sister. Didn't see that at all. You know, I, it was like, what in the world was this? What, 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 what in the world was this story for? Uh, but I thought there was a lot of potential in the in the daughter character uh, mm-hmm. because I, I would have thought the fact that you know, and, and as I put it, you know, that that basically she's the she's the 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 uh, the result of the uh, uh, a tryst between quote unquote an angel and a devil. You know, I mean, yeah. she looks like Gwen Stacy, but she's got Osborne. You know, she's got the notorious Osborne uh, temper and the uh, Osborne addictive personality, and I mean, maybe the superfluous Osborne third nipple. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, yeah, she she uh, could she could have been a she could have been a goblin like a menace she could, kind she of. She could have been female. a viable character. Yeah, uh, she but they didn't bring her back. They brought in the the worthless the, wor- the of the two kids, the worthless one. They brought the, and the one that had the least dramatic potential. They brought him back. I just again, yeah. just dumb, dumb. You, dumb. you know what? You know what would have uh, really worked well there is have um, uh, have her be sort of like a mercy, uh, you know, to like Lex Luthor. Have her be that to the goblin. <sighs> you know, like a, like a like a kind of like a like a bodyguard henchman. Make her I think that would betray what actually happened in the story, though, because she was I, the one that chose to actually do the right thing rather than yeah. you know, go on the side she, of the goblin. I don't think she would want anything to do with Norman. I think, to me, the dramatic appeal was, in some tortured way, Norman actually trying to connect with her and her not having a thing to do with him. And, uh, you know, I mean, Norman, even though he is, I mean, he is Norman, you know, I mean, he does love Harry. It's a strange kind of love, but he does love his son. You know, he just, like a lot of men, although Norman is <laughs> in a perverse way, he doesn't, he doesn't know how to show it. He doesn't have a clue how to show it. You know, he, he, he thinks that, you know, if he gives Harry things and money and, you know, gives him, you know, wise words of wisdom that Harry should grow up and, you know, turn out right. And, uh, you know, Norman just doesn't have a clue. And he doesn't have a clue that he doesn't have a clue. Uh, and, and next next year will be the tenth anniversary of this story, and we've only had what one or two stories of these characters in ten years. Well, there was yeah, there was one reference, which a very eerie reference with. Uh, uh, well, actually, there were two references. One was Bendis in uh, Dark Avengers, and uh, Norman was having a hallucination where he was in a Spider-Man costume on the bridge, and a floating Gwen, uh, Gwen was pregnant and floating in the air. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of yeah. creepy. That was good. And, the, and then in in uh, Warren Ellis's uh, when he was doing Thunderbolts 
it, this, the subject briefly came up in, in Norman's in that classic rant where Norman, you know, he where Norman was ranting and raving about things, and it was, then it was like sleep with the girl, get her pregnant, then kill, throw her off a bridge, yeah. have a thing for blogs, all the yeah. things, all the things I do, and no one appreciates it. But it, right. it was a, but uh, we we spent a lot of time on that issue, but I'm glad we did. I like that we discussed that uh, since past. Yeah, it's just storyline. It, it was the it was the article I got the essay I got the most flack for, yeah. uh, and when it was the only one that I ever had to, uh, you know, almost I almost never ever commented on people commenting on my stories or answered back. It was the only one that I ever felt I had to answer back to because people had just gotten things so completely wrong, and I just remember the one thing one thing mystified me is. You know, I, I said that I kind of understood Gwen as a character now, actually, because it, when you look at her affection for Peter and then even Norman Osborn, she seemed drawn to intellectually dynamic but emotionally withdrawn men. And I said, you know, if she were on the Starship Enterprise, she would be probably drawn to Mr. Spock as opposed to Captain Kirk. And one guy wrote, well, she wouldn't have been drawn to Mr. Spock because Mr. Spock, Peter had a sense of humor and Mr. Spock didn't have a sense of humor. And I, at that time, I gave up and I said, you are a moron. <laughs> Mr. Spock has a sense of humor. I remember that because Jr. told me that uh, later he sent a follow-up email uh, to that guy and said, look, if I refine you, I'm going to pull your teeth out of your head one at a time with a pair of pliers. I wish, now, that's a direct quote. Yeah. I, wish, I wish I had said that, but it was I was very diplomatic. And basically, yeah, you obviously don't know anything about Star Trek. Or you would know that Mr. Spock does have a very good sense of humor. But anyway, that's, that's kind of beside the point. But it was. It was people would say, you know, how dare you? Uh, they would say that Flower Gwen. One, yeah. one guy was saying that uh, I was <laughs> – it was funny. He, he was going on this rant on the Spider-Man message board about the Mad Goblin and his cronies trying to justify the story. <laughs> it was like, cronies? What cronies? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is before I hooked up with you guys. I mean, I think I was. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, I'm trying to think if I was still with uh, Hero Realm at that time. I think not. I think you guys had packed it in by then, George. I'm not. I'm not certain. Well, I, I oh, packed oh. it in like way earlier. Than yeah, I, I know. Oh six is when we started the podcast. So right. This so now this, this was before yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. But um, anyway, it was. It was. It was. It was. The thing was, though, it wasn't that bad of an idea. It didn't start out to be that bad of a story, but yeah, it did completely fall apart. And the good idea—I mean, it's almost radioactive now. No one, no one will really touch it. Let's move on to the next issue that came out this month. Oh no, not this story. Mm-hmm. The Queen in oh, Spectacular no. Spider-Man. <laughs> now I get the oh no. Uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, Volume 2, Number 18, written by Paul Jenkins, art by your favorite, Humberto Ramos. (laughs) Uh, The Queen is back. On the cover, you see a two-four-eyed Spider-Man changing uh, into more of a spider. It's called Spectacular Spider-Man Disassembled, and it's got the shattered A Avengers logo on the Top left. Yes, yes. I remember, you know, bef- in fact, I remember when you uh, 
gave me the choices of what month. And I remember, you know, Kevin wistfully saying, boy, you know, I wish I knew the origin of the Queen because she was such a fascinating character in uh, Spider Island. You know, Jack, can we do a story about her origin? And I said, well, hey, Kevin, it's funny that you should think that. Brad just gave me the options of what Spider History Month to pick, and (laughs) that story is is among them. So, uh, damn you, Cushing. I will kill you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, one of the reasons I hated Spider Island because I read this story at the time and never wanted to see this crap again. I love Paul Jenkins. This is his worst story. Yeah, this was Paul Jenkins would agree. Yeah. I know. Yeah, In fact, I think he agreed on your interview, didn't he, Brad? He did. In Chicago, he hates the story too. <laughs> 2004. In fact, I, I always thought 2004 was. The I was saying ever since I started my website back in '98, and it is dormant now. Yes, admittedly, it is dormant, but I still paid paid to keep the lights on. Um, it may come back someday, I hope. But anyway, um, but now I'm 50. I really shouldn't be writing about Spider-Man anymore. Uh, but anyway, so I always thought 2004 was truly one of the best years uh, in the last 20 years of Spider-Man. But however, this story was the low light, the low point. This was one of the most awful, awful things ever put in print. Uh, and uh, we, owe, we owe it to our buddy Paul Jenkins. Um, it, it, again, it started out as a, as a lie as well, because, you, as you recall, this, this is... It's, it's interesting because this whole Avengers disassembled stuff was basically the melting down of the original Avengers, which were then rebuilt into the new Avengers, and then the Avengers now have pretty well become the flagship, <clears throat> flagship of Marvel, uh, probably with a healthy assist from Robert Downey Jr. Uh, but uh, but it's, this was kind of the beginning. And we were told in this story... That you know, this was going to tie into the events of his Avengers disassembled, and Captain America and Spider-Man, because Captain America was a guest in the story, and they were going to you know kind of come to an understanding like they had never had before. Didn't happen. Never happened. <laughs> Nothing remotely like it even happened. Nothing even res- even vaguely connected to Avengers disassembled happened. But yet that's still how it was promoted. Anyway, so. The story starts. At, the story is um, there's uh, obviously this uh, character known as the Queen, and she is a by a lot. Well, I'll get, I'll get to her origin in a minute. But anyway, she appears in this story, and she's obviously got the hots for Spider-Man. She thinks that he will make a great mate for her, and so in a particularly gross scene of. The closest thing you're going to see to Spider-Man getting raped, probably. <laughs> She's got him webbed down, and she plants a big kiss on him. But anyway, and then he comes up with, and then he comes with with great lines like "you pile of puke," you know, uh, just you know the the uh, he really comes really comes off with a capper there. So anyway, yeah. so she gives him this big slobbering kiss, and then we find out in the next issue, which is this issue, that she's somehow altered his DNA, and now he's turning into a spider. So as he's turning into a spider, Mary Jane comes to him and says, "Oh, by the way, we're going to a wedding." Oh, great. Peter says, wait a minute, I can't go to a, 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 a wedding. I'm turning into a spider. She goes, did you go to the doctor? No. Well, then it's not that bad yet. It's like, <laughs> what? 
<laughs> not only is this not Mary Jane talking, I mean, even this isn't even, I mean, you know, hey, women women say a lot of things. I'm not even so sure this is what even a woman at the, the, the far end of the bell curve would say. Holy cow, this is another, you know. Anyway, and Peter says, depends. I've never changed into a spider before. Whatever. <laughs> Let me see. There was the plant man story where he sprayed some mutagenic pollen on you. Let's see. The oh, bagley. Yeah. There was the Marvel fanfare story where you went down to the Savage Land and hung, hung out with the angel and turned into yep. spider loon. There was, oh, issue number 100 where you got the four extra arms. Hey, remember <laughs> that? <laughs> you know? Remember, and remember when his parents died and he got all depressed. The, well, he didn't the spider. He just said, I am the spider. And he had, I am the spider. Or eating habits, you know, like letting the veggies fall out of a sub sandwich was really gross looking. But anyway, uh, so, and then, of course, he also forgot then that in the, uh, as when he got the forearms, and then he had to get uh, the lizard's blood, or I think, yeah, the lizard's blood to uh, make him, uh, to, to, to heal him or whatever. Uh, then he forgot, oh, yeah, and there was an alternate story where this didn't happen, and I kept my four extra arms because. Because Morbius got eaten by sharks. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, left field right for Kevin in the ass. Right in the tic tac. So Mary Jane is harping on him because yeah. well, he doesn't want to go to this wedding with her while he's mutating into a spider. <laughs> Who's getting married, by the way? I don't well, remember. it's just a couple of friends we've never heard of since. Okay. Never, well, it was a couple of Puerto Ricans. Okay. Well, and I know because it says right here. I told you about it three weeks ago. It's for Alex and Mary, the Puerto Rican couple on the first floor next to Darren. Oh, and I wow, just think, man. You know, identity yeah. politics are so ugly. <laughs> yeah, Mary did. Yeah, is it, I, I, yeah, that's another one reading it. It's like, oh, dude. They just can't be. They can't just be friends. No, they got to be the Puerto Rican friends. Puerto Rican couple. Yeah. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out they're Star Trek fans, so they do it as Klingons. Oh my! God. <laughs> really? <laughs> this is. A, this is Can a we train rephrase train. that from "they do it as Klingons"? Well, they <laughs> we do do it as Klingons too. But anyway, they, oh, dumb jock, chook, jock, oak, yuck, waka, waka, waka. <laughs> so anyway, in the meantime, while we was going to this Klingon scene with Mary Jane. Captain America, we're going into we're going into the origin of the Queen with Captain America, Nick Fury, oh, no. and some old dude in a wheelchair, um, who's not Nathan Levinsky, strangely enough. Um, but anyway, and oh, guess what? She's another byproduct of the super soldier experiments of the 1940s. Holy cow! We've never ridden that horse before, have we? So anyway, she turned out to be a mutant, and she didn't react well to the super soldier serum, you know. So we get her origin story, and you know, and then you know Peter runs out of the wedding and starts you know spitting up spider gunk or whatever because that's what you know spiders barf before they eat on their food before they eat it. Well, he's barfing, you know, and uh, yeah, and then he starts, and then he turns into the spider and uh, rip you know rips out of his uniform and everything and then the the story ends with uh, Captain America and Nick Fury talking about the queen's diabolical plan where she's going to blow up a bomb that will destroy kill all animal life uh within 600 miles you know and leave the eastern seaboard for her and her insect drones which are a bunch of people that she now controls with telepathy awful awful story the next issue yep. has Captain America 
going on coming out of left field with a Kennedy assassin a goofball Kennedy assassination theory, and it's like you know, and, and Nick Fury acts like it's the first time he's ever heard it, and it's like wait a minute, Nick Fury, eight head of shield, knows everything about the Marvel universe, and Captain America is spinning a goofy Kennedy conspiracy story to him. It's like folks, Oswald did it alone by himself. He was crazy. You know, and, and just <laughs> it was Jenkins. I, it's like, and, and he obviously wasn't the only one. I don't know what Paul was doing, but he must have been. Uh, he must have Poor been of a bullpen with some of the other guys. You know, doing something wacky. So, yeah, it, this, this, this real, this really, and, and the covers were awful too. They were the yeah, they're the same cover over and over uh, with Spider-Man slowly mutating into a spider. They were absolutely dark, hideous covers. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not even so sure that Humberto I, Ramos. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm not even so sure the uh, the pregnant menace one was as bad as these covers because at least the pregnant menace it was like you, you were thinking what the hell is that with this one one, one thing you didn't hit up Jr was about he got the organic web shooters here. Well, yeah, that happens at the end of part four because see it turns out yeah. he's I guess he's pregnant and then he turns into a giant spider. And then, as the giant spider, he dies. And then, Peter Parker then burst out of the dead carcass of the giant spider. And then he's mm-hmm. got organic webbing. And it's like, okay, where, where do I connect the dots on this one? Yeah. And I mean, it, it, you know, a ba- it, yeah, I, I was about to say, it, it was a bad story. It made no sense. It, I mean, it didn't, it didn't make any sense as a story. No. Uh, so and it was the thing is like I've always said Spider-Man needs more female villains but this was just a gross one you know and uh, yeah and you know and back, and she was backed by popular demand in Spider Island thank you Dan Slot <laughs> that was out of left field that he brought her back That's because weird. I think that story is universally panned it's just odd that she was in there uh let's see uh also Marvel Knights Spider-Man number 5 came out with some Frank Cho art. This is really pretty. Uh, oh, yeah, this is really... Mark Miller. Because Dr. O- one of Dr. Octopus's tentacles is, like, you know, coming up and up, you know, and then, yeah, that doesn't look phallic at all. Not, <laughs> not at all. Oh, this is Overcoat Ock, where he looks like somebody from Ozzy the Matrix. I hate, I hate that Ozzy Ock. But, but... Ozzy Ock. Marvel Knight <laughs> Spider-Man. This, Mark Miller. This is this was one of the most and another. This was one of the most anticipated uh, Spider-Man series when it was announced because Miller, you know, was hot. And I guess he still is. I mean, I I don't read any of his stuff. I've never been a big fan of his. Uh, but uh, anyway, it was going to be a twelve-parter, and you know, spy, all of Spider-Man's old enemies were going to come back, and someone was going to find out his secret identity, and you know, kind of torture him throughout the whole thing, and and. Uh, I would say pretty well 99.99% of comic book fandom said, hey, that's the plot of Batman Hush. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then they started calling it Spider-Man Shush, which I could not invent that regardless of what some post, I think one of the, the, the posters. That's good. One of the posters out there seems to attribute that one to me uh, and that I derided the story by calling it hush, Shush. You know, actually I didn't, I, I like this twelve-parter, uh, but you know, it, but yeah, it was hush, and it was, and so everybody called it Spider-Man Shush, uh, 
But uh, it was basically three, four-part stories. The first part, obviously, Aunt May was kidnapped by someone who obviously has found out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. But wait, it can't be Norman, because Norman was being arrested, remember? Uh, he, uh, and, and Brian Benton is inexplicably decided to have him, uh, you know, start killing people uh, in Oscorp. And, uh, you know, just for no good reason, just, you know, peop- you know, someone wrote in and said, Brian, wait a minute, why did, why did you, why, why did Norman start, just start randomly killing people? Bendis's response, worthy of a writer who knows his stuff. He was crazy. He got crazier. There we go. <laughs> Works for me. Thank you. You know, here, and here's the guy we gave the keys to the Marvel universe to. Uh, but anyway, so, so Aunt, Aunt May's been kidnapped, and Spider-Man is trying to frantically find out who. And through this first four-part story, uh, he runs into the Vulture and Electro, who beat the living shit out of him, and uh, to literally two within an inch of his life. Someone takes his picture in the hospital, unmasked, and finally, and the Vulture. Uh, takes him out of the hospital and is about to drop him, you know, multi-stories out of the sky. And good old Felicia intervenes, saves Spider-Man, and scars up the vulture something fierce, which is <laughs> like good old Felicia. <laughs> like, yeah. Gee, the girl's got a sadistic streak that I like. So anyway, that was the end of that story. This one now begins the new story, uh, Venomous. And actually, of the three four-part stories, this one is actually the weakest. Um, it's is this the one where they're auctioning the symbiote? They're auctioning the symbiote. Yeah. We don't know that, right. yet, of course. But, uh, but, oh, okay. but the story starts with Eddie Brock in an airport, uh, and he's being greeted by someone who is, uh, the fr- you know, who is, uh, anyway, who's going to ferry Brock to this event, which is <clears throat> unspecified, and who and uh, it's being put on by someone else who is unspecified. Uh, so we're thinking, oh, what could this is? And then later we find out that, you know, Brock, obviously, who is dying of cancer, as was established in the first five issues of the reboot of Spectacular Spider-Man, also written by Paul Jenkins, uh, that Brock had cancer, and uh, the symbiote was the only thing that was keeping him alive. Well, um, so the uh so now you know Brock has resigned himself to the fact he's going to die and so he's going to auction off the symbiote and give all the money to charity that happens in a few issues down the road in the Ditko theater by the way a nice little easter egg there uh but anyway th- we we're not there at that point yet but anyway so Spider-Man's been l- literally comatose for about two and a half days in his and Mary Jane's apartment and uh, he finally wakes up, and uh, he, he wakes up to both Felicia and Mary Jane uh, there by his bedside. And I'm thinking, hmm, you know, there's not a whole lot of things that I would get beaten to within an inch of my life and be in a coma for two and a half days for. But, you know, if it was to wake up to, Gwen, to Mary Jane and Felicia hovering over me, you, you kind of got away the the pros and cons of that. You know, for uh, a nanosecond, he was thinking, you know what, honey, let's let's make a memory. <laughs> let's do a bad thing, girls. Hey, let's have a Marvel night. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm let's about a Joe Kelly fantasy. Rim, rim shot. But this actually, this was a very you know. Remember, there can be no tension in a marriage. Of course, because when you marry, that's the end of the story. Because that's the happy ending. Remember, <laughs> you know, 
That's when the <laughs> according to Marvel the work, the work just starts. Oh my yeah. god! Who in the, yeah? Obviously, no one who was ever mayor anyway. Uh, that's a whole other tangent. But you know, but you know, and Mary Jane is just clearly not particularly happy that Felicia is there, <laughs> and yeah. there's just this really unspoken this this tension between them. Uh, but anyway, Felicia leaves, and uh, Peter decides that he's got to you know go back out on patrol again, and he runs into Ozzy Ock. Except Ozzy Ock is doped out of his mind and drooling. Uh, and it turns out that uh, he was actually in a prison van being transported to a hospital for some secret test. And, of course, they, you know, he was shot full of tranquilizers after he escaped, which is why he was drooling in a, in a fog. Um, and uh, so they were, the, 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 um, the police or the SWAT team, uh, after they grab Ozzy Ock and put him back in the van, they remember that after Jonah put out Jonah put another five million dollar bounty on Spider Man because the per as they, they took his picture unmasked, but of course he was beaten so badly they nobody even recognized it as human. So Jonah puts out a five million dollar reward saying, you know, who is this man? And so the SWAT team decides at the end say, Hey, let's collect the five million dollars and they all attack Spider Man to be continued. Um Again, this was the weakest part of the story, but overall, Mar- the first 12 parts of Marvel Knights was a great roller coaster yeah. ride. It was really one of the most fun Spider-Man stories in a long time. However, it was, I, I like to say, it was Spider-Man as if the, <clears throat> the guys who wrote the last two Star Trek movies, Bob Orsi and... Uh, um, Kurtzman. Uh, Kurtzman. It, it was Spider-Man as if those two guys wrote it. Yeah. Because... As you're going through it, it's a great roller coaster ride. You're having a good time. God, this is fun. This is good. And then when you close it and you say, that story did not make a damn bit of sense. Sure was fun, though. It was fun, though. <laughs> it was fun. And, and, and then they gave the book to Reginald Hudley. Yeah. Oh. Wow. oh. <laughs> wow. And then it died. Uh, and then it died. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And it actually, it would, then it was renamed Sensational. And then yeah. it was given to some uh, guy that we'd never heard of, but who was an accomplished? Roberto Aguila Cascasa. Yeah. You know, who after, uh, like I said, after an overly long story arc, which he kind of fumbled, then he turned in some truly good Spider-Man stories, including, in my opinion, the best Aunt May story that has ever been written. Which one was that one? That was the one where it's told, you know, it's told from Aunt May's perspective. Remember, they're on the run now because, you know, Peter said, hmm, it's better to subject my wife and my septuagenarian aunt to a life as fugitives rather than, you know, suck up and, uh, you know, and just deal with, uh, the, you know, the hand I've been dealt and try to challenge, you know, try to keep within the system and try to work on Tony Stark while still being part of the system. No, I'll go on the run, ruin my family's lives, you know, and it's just stupid. And the Civil War was stupid. You heard it here, kids. Yep. It was stupid. And well, the it was way stupid. And the most and the intervening seven years haven't made it any less stupid. But yeah, but it sure was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was stupid. Brad, it was a bunch of people acting out of character that was erased in one page at the end. I sure loved it though. Uh, that was all. It was a lot of fun. That was all erased by Tony Stark getting everybody together after the scrolls invaded and saying, "Whew, that was a crazy year, huh? Hey, let's get trashed." <laughs> so what if? So what if Bill Foster's dead? 
Let's, next, next, this round's on me. Hey, here's here's the bill. Here's the bill. Drinks on the house. Yeah. Here's you know, it, oh, it, killed. it was awful. It was awful. You know, Marie, I like starts it. off, I like Maria it. Hill, you know, threatens Captain America, twirling a mustache or whatever. And then later, at, at, when, at the end of uh, Siege, you know, uh, Captain America, or after Siege or whatever, Captain America is putting her in charge of the Avengers. And it's like, I would have slapped that bitch to... <laughs> JR, oh. JR sold out. Oh, I just emails on that one. I just can't believe. No, I mean she yeah. she acted the way she did, and then he takes her into you know and makes her the head of the you know the, like the administrative liaison of the Avengers. It's like, wait a minute, what did this woman ever do to deserve his trust? You know, it just stupid. And then just because, you know, they defeat Norman Osborn at the end, the whole Superhuman Registration Act, which was a whole part of Civil War, it's repealed. Boom. Like that. Boom. No, no, no. The president threw it out because the president, because presidents have that power to just throw out laws. Yeah, exactly. That was the, that was the crawl on Times Square. It was like, president throws out. And I'm like, he doesn't have that kind of power in the Constitution. But you know what? Go for it. Whatever. We, we we get our uh, lists of what came out the month the, uh, from SamRuby.com. We've got two others. I don't know if you you reviewed them. I, did, I didn't. Oh, pick I, them up. I didn't. Uh, the one Marvel Age Nine uh, is uh, Marvel Age was a um, or that particular Marvel Age. Yeah, it was tried. It tried to be an all ages uh, reboot of the older yeah. Spider Man stories, and it was it was it was simplistic. It was it was an insult even to the kids. But Todd DeZago, who wrote Sensational in the 90s, came back to write that one. Looks like. Oh, that would have made it all worthwhile. <laughs> um, also, he had a cameo in Avengers 501, where Bendis just came on board to, to knock down the Avengers and reboot it. So, good uh, controversial month this month, Jr. Very controversial, very controversial. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, I, Marvel, uh, uh, you know, but Marvel Knights one through twelve, folks. I mean, if you want to read one of the most fun, even if it doesn't make a rat's ass worth of sense, Spider <laughs> stories of the last fifteen twenty years, go for it. It's a great, it's it's a fun read. You know, and even though the villain, even though the villain is pretty well, you pretty well. Well, what's funny is Norman gives the entire plot away in issue number two, but you don't realize it then. <laughs> mm-hmm.